Brother Gabriel pass up. Let's continue praising the Lord with attention to his precious word. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. Y'all may be seated, brothers and sisters. God bless the group this, uh, this evening. Amen. How's everyone doing this evening? Blessed? Um, we have an important thing, a uh, topic to cover uh, this evening. Get the title up to up there. It's uh, the truth unwrapped. Amen. La verdad descubierta. This is uh, is the season. Amen. We wanted to be able to discuss and go over some facts when it comes to um, the celebration uh, that's. Uh, ongoing this month, we wanted to talk about Christmas, um, the and kind of go over some just some knowledge when it comes to that. I think there's a lot of times as a church, um, we practice things, we do things, uh, and we do it sometimes just out of respect to others, and sometimes we we do it without understanding. Uh, and I kind of give you an example. Uh, these past, uh, I was told that my wife had seen somebody and saw somebody and my kids are here and they saw somebody and they went up to them and they go, ah, they, the person went up to my kids and they go, hey, you remember me? I used to go to your church and stuff like that. And my kids were like, no, no, you remember me. You remember me. And my wife kind of felt it was a little awkward moment with my kids and they go, no. And they go, they, they, my wife told them, they probably don't remember you, sister, because you're wearing pants. And she, she was like, oh, okay. And it was just something that, it was just common. It, my wife had to say it because it was very awkward. Like, no, no, you should remember me. And so um, it was just one of those deals where uh, my point on that is, is that sometimes we'll leave places, we'll, journey on, call it whatever it is, and it wasn't in our hearts. We were just doing it out of respect, you know, so we respect each other, not really understanding. We want to get into some things tonight and talk about some stuff that hopefully God can uncover the truth, because there's power in the truth. How many believe that there's power in the truth? I mean, come on, I'm not trying to take, you know, your stockings from you or, or, or the things under the tree, you know. You're, you're, there's, there's a beautiful thing called free will that you could do whatever you want and, and live any way that you want to and, 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 and believe in any way you want to. But there is a truth to the matter. And we want to, we want to get to the truth. I mean, I, I, I would want to know the truth about stuff. I would want to be free in truthful things. And so, you know, I, I, I'm excited and I'm nervous at the same time to discuss this. I'm not nervous because I'm afraid... Because I really believe that there's brothers and sisters here that are, have, have let go of customs. But I'm more afraid because I want to make sure that there's enough information that's discussed to inform us. Now, inform us is the key to it. Not to encourage us to go out and find the first person and say, you know, there's not a Santa Claus. Ain't no reason to fight these things or to go and look for arguments in these things. 
Let's be happy or free. You know, we don't, we don't need to encourage our kids to go and, 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 and pick a fight at school or, 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 or try to guard them. I'm, I'm very grateful to my parents, even though we didn't celebrate it. My parents, my mom never told me, don't you participate in things at school. You just explain, they explain to me things. Because it could have been very awkward for me. I've a little kid and not coloring or being in the corner. And who knows how things are seen nowadays where teachers will embarrass them. So encourage, strengthen your kids. Talk to your kids. You know, um, they, you have the power to do that, to educate them. Let's not be lazy in these things. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of stuff. There's going to be scriptures in it too, but we're going to talk about a lot of historical stuff. How, how many are ready for a historical class? Hermanos, vamos a hablar de Navidad. I try to make it sound scary. It's not scary. I want to wish you. Everybody, right? The, it's it, man, everywhere you go. And it's getting earlier and earlier in, in customs, isn't it? Man, one finishes and right up. I think in el frosty. I mean, candies are just finished up and they're next. And that's what we don't understand. And that's what, you know, there, there, there's, there's power in, 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 in knowledge. Hay poder en sabiduría, hermanos. En descubrir sabiduría. I'd like for us to start, if we can, in uh, John 8.32. How many kids, how many kids you want to learn about Christmas? You want to stay and maybe learn about it a little bit? We're going to just, we're going to talk about it. You guys want to stay? Can you guys behave for us? I think it'd be awesome for y'all because we're going to just talk about just some stuff that's in the history books. Okay? That way you guys feel good about, you know, some of the stuff. I'm very proud of you kids. You guys, you guys are awesome. When we, when we were here, um, uh, when we were here on Halloween night, you guys were awesome. You guys just came here. You enjoyed yourselves. All the adult, adults supported. You guys are smarter than we are when it comes to scriptures we found out. God help us. God bless the kids, amen? God bless the parents. If you guys can, you know, uh, stay, you know, have the, have the kids, you know, be in here. But God bless the kids, uh, the parents in the nursery, too. We're, we're thinking of y'all in there also. But John 8, 32 says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, so God right here says something very important. You know, Jesus says that you're going to know the truth, but you got, there's a consequence to knowing the truth. There's a consequence. Vas a conocer la verdad, pero hay un consecuencia. ¿Cómo? Consecuencia. Consecuencia. I like that. Para conocer la verdad. Que vas a estar libre. It doesn't sound like such a bad consequence, right? Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But there's a consequence to knowing the truth. It's your freedom. It's going from, oh, I'm following. So why am I going this way with every, with the current? So there's a consequence to knowing the truth is freeing you. Now, this is the beautiful thing about it is, is, is freedom once we experience it, we want everybody to have it. And it's not for everybody. It was for you. Build it. Enjoy it. Receive it. 
But it's like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, speak me. I got to tell you about Jesus. That person will look at you and go, okay. Because that consequence wasn't for them yet. You got to just move and let God do what he does. What's the same thing in the things that we're going to discuss tonight? This is more for understanding, more for questions that we may have. Amen. I got another verse, and I don't know if I gave this one to you, brother, but it's Proverbs 12, 22. And this verse right here says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. How beautiful is that? So lying lips are an abomination to who? To the Lord. But those who act faithfully are his delight. So we want to find ourselves tonight putting away lies, putting away things. And, and, and this is the hardest thing because it's the innocence of it, right? What's so wrong about it? I mean, it's man, it's in the air. It's nice. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it, right? It's giving, it's receiving. And we get into the habit where it's like, I mean, why are we even talking about this? Isn't there bigger things to talk about? Isn't there sin? Isn't there adultery? Isn't there just things that we could go over? You know, can't you just give it to me so I can receive this? But this is such a huge revelation. Of power, the power of tradition, of customs, the power that that sometimes it's just simple facts, and we'd be like, "Wow, really?" You realize that? It's shocking to me that that's allowed. That nobody even questioned it. And so we want to talk about a few of those things. This evening, brothers and sisters, and like I said, this is, you know, it's, it's something very subtle, it's something for us just to talk about and kind of go over and, and take our time with it, amen? So let's talk about Christmas. And let's just break down the word. If you break down the word into two syllables, right? What do we have here? Christ and Mass. So we start to see here that there was already a directive and there's already a place that it came from that it was introduced. And we can say, well, that's still pretty innocent because it's religiously driven. We can say, Misa de Cristo, oh, es, pero viene, viene, viene de la católica y está bien porque todavía tiene algo para tener con Cristo. And, and this is where the deception starts to come in. This is where, where the religious world starts to say, well, you know what? I mean, this is, this is beautiful, though, because this, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. And, 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 and we're not against the birth, or, nor do we not believe in the birth, but we just want the facts. I want to know the truth. I want, I want, I want to know, I want to know, you know, I want to know, first of all, if, 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 the, if December 25th represents something, right? These are things that we want to know, you know, the Christmas tree and, and, songs and all these different things. And how did all this just become propaganda? So we see just the word itself 
representing something. Miramos la palabra de Navidad en inglés como Misa de Cristo. So, you know, just a simple question. Why do you think people think that Christmas is wonderful? Huh? Just a- a- answer it yourself. Thanks, bud. Why do you think it is? Because, you know, because again, you know, most really don't know any different. You turn on the TV and, you know, it's, it's seasonal stuff, right? You see the kids running down the stairs. <gasps> Magic. So they grow up with that fantasy. And really, some of them don't even know why they celebrate it. it. It's come to a point where it's not, we just mentioned right now, it's not a religious act in a lot of families. It's more of a custom. So kids just, well, you know, we got to do it because we did it growing up. And they just pass on, no understanding, no knowledge of it. And, you know, at a young, at a young age for me, I know my brothers and sisters, they had an opportunity to experience it. And I, I think I experienced a couple of them. And, and, and at a young age, you know, I, again, I, honestly, could I tell you when I was young what, what Christmas represented? No. It was unwrapping presents and thinking that, you know, that's what it was about. So, you know, we live in a world full of customs. And a lot of us don't know where a lot of these customs came from. Vivimos en una vida, hermanos, de costumbres. Y muchos de nosotros no entendemos o sabemos dónde vienen los costumbres. No estamos preguntando de dónde viene, de dónde viene, de dónde viene. No estamos guardando, no estamos queriendo saber, nomás. Es inocente, right? Es inocente. I, I honestly think it's innocent. I'm going to be the first one to tell you, you say, you know, be, but it's, it's innocent. Seems like it. Seems so innocent, right? Right, you drive by and you see the lights, you're like, oh, man, innocent, beautiful. What is this thing that's making you feel like, uh, I don't know, this is, is this that really that big of a deal, Brother Gabe? So, you know, th- let's talk a little bit about the root of Christmas. Why do people follow it is a question, you know, we can ask. You know, why is it all specifically on December 25th? Have we, you know, I mean, a lot of us that didn't realize this or understand this, that we don't even look to see, you know, we see, we hear December 25th and we actually think that it's the birth of Christ. We see the manger scene and we think that that happened on December 25th. You know, and then another question is, if we look in the New Testament, did they follow it? Did they follow this act? Did they, you know, after Jesus passed, did they, do we see anywhere in the Bible where they did this or recognized this? Where did this all come from? Amen. So I kind of want to read you just a quick little story, okay? This is current, in current, we could say current. It's not really current. It's uh, 1990. It's as current as we can make it right now. So, in Salon, Ohio, a Cleveland suburb, 
School board banned all nativity and other Christmas scenes on any school property because they felt it violated the separation of church and state. Everybody understand that? So the school said, you know what? We're not going to do Christmas because we believe that if we do Christmas, it's not separating the church and state. It's like bringing religion into schools, okay? So the school said, we're not going to do it for that reason. They were challenged in court when outrageous parents opposed them, feeling that Christmas was being stolen from their children and the community. So listen to that. So parents were like, what do you mean you're taking away Christmas? You're taking something from my kids. This is what parents said, right? So they went to court on this. And so listen to this. Look how the court, the board, remember the board tried to remove Christmas. The board lost the case. The citizenry had contended that Christmas was a worldwide tradition. That was not part of a religion. It was deemed to be secular. A part of a virtually all cultures worldwide. So the school said, you know, the court said, school, you're wrong. There is no connection between church and state here. It's not even religious. It's worldwide. They deemed it as not even meeting the standards of what you would fight for religion in school. So, of course, let's look at some of the things they banned. They banned reading your Bible, praying. Those were still banned from school because they saw those as religious. So a court did more research on a subject than sometimes we do. They looked into the history of it. They looked into, if you just, you know, if you just Google the history of Christmas, see what you find. If you just go into encyclopedias and say Christmas, see what you find. I'm not saying anything that's not found in information. Amen? But I found it really interesting in just hearing that story that, that, that a school that wanted to take it away because they felt that it was too religious, the court said, it's not religious at all. It's tradition. Everybody's doing it. It's celebrated around the world. So if we look at where it came from and the birth of it, we can go back to Roman times. And you would think that you would think that Roman times, I mean, we know Roman times, the book of Romans, right? We can go to the book of Romans as Roman times, right? Biblically, right? It happened 300 years after Christ died that the Romans started doing, celebrating it. So it wasn't even, you know, hey, you know what, Jesus, we heard about this, you know, Paul came over here and converted the Romans in chapter 18, they started celebrating Christmas. It wasn't even that that time. It had 
span time had you know uh gone so people couldn't apostles weren't talking about it and the world began to adopt it so like we talked about the word christmas means mass of christ amen and it became shortened so non-believers could accept it to christmas and i'm just going to read a couple of facts amen So if we see here, since the celebration of Christmas has come to the world from the Roman Catholic Church, it has no authority but the Roman Catholic Church let us examine their encyclopedia. In 1911, the Roman Catholic Church's encyclopedia, their own, published by their church under the heading Christmas, you will find Christmas was not among the earliest festivals of the church. They had this in their own encyclopedia. But this was not part of their church early on. The first evidence, they write, of the feast is from Egypt. They, put, they have this in their, own, in their own encyclopedia here. Pagan custom centering around the Jan- January calendars gravitated to Christmas. Listen, we're understanding now pagan We've heard now pagan holidays, amen? Now we, we've heard that the celebration was derived by the Romans. You can see the Romans were having a difficult time here because, see, Christianity started getting powerful. The movement started happening in Christianity. And the Romans were about movements. They were about conquering people, moving, growing. And when they saw this religion... It was so strong, that was so convincing. We could see Paul, when he's talking to uh, one of the Caesars, he said, whoa, Paul, 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 you almost had me convinced here. This is how powerful the movement of Christ was during this time. So the Romans said, we got a problem here because we got people that, that are here in Rome that are here that they have no idea about this. So we better adopt this with our pagan holidays. And so how interesting this is to, when you start to look at it, and here's where it becomes very, very deceptive, is they said, look, 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 this would be a perfect time, you know. We have the winter solstice. This is a pagan holiday. And it's during this time. It actually starts on December 17th and ends in December 27th. It's a celebration. And they said, look, we got the winter solstice coming here. That's during this time. Why don't we? This is a beautiful story. When you hear the story about Jesus, this is beautiful. You know, Jesus was born in a manger and and his people didn't even receive him. And he's like, you know, they're telling the story. And they said, why don't we put the birth of Jesus during this time. Listen not, you know, let's just do it. And so they picked December 25th as the celebration of the birth of Christ. And we're going to see how that day is not in coordinates with the Bible. We're going to look at the time frame because it 
give some specifics of what was happening and how that couldn't be in December. It's because of the weather. So we see here that the celebration of the winter solstice, which was a pagan ritual about worshiping the sun, not the S-O-N, but the S-U-N. And what a perfect, if, if they were marketing, they said, look, we'll go from worshiping the sun to worshiping the sun. So, you know, it's kind of, this, will, this all blends in real good, right? So when you look at the Encyclopedia uh, Britannica, and we're going to read a little bit here what it says. It says, Christmas, Christian festival, celebrating the birth of Jesus. The English term Christmas means Mass of Christ Day. Again, you were just finding out a couple of things, Mass of Christ, right? This is, again, Encyclopedia Britannica. You could go into any school, go on anywhere, buy the set if you want to buy them. This is what it's going to tell you. So it says, is of fairly recent origin. Now, uh, the Bible was what? Christ was what, 2,000 years ago? And this is saying, is of fairly recent origin. The early term Yule may have been derived from Germanic Joel or an Anglo-Saxon Geol, which referred to the feast of winter solstice. You've heard of Joel, you know, Joholly, or, you know, you've heard these terms before. These are Germanic, these are German terms. The corresponding term in other languages, Navidad in Spanish, Natale in Italian, Noel in French, are probably denote nativity. The German word denotes hallowed night. Since the early 20th century, Christmas has also been a secular family holiday. Now, this is what's interesting because this isn't the Bible we're reading. This isn't even a religious book. This is just information. This isn't even like somebody's not inspired by, you know, this is just information that's in a book of information. It's in every school. Every public school has an Encyclopedia Britannica set. What I used to do and go into and, and get information about history and all different places around the world. So it says here, since the 20th century, Christmas has also been a secular family holiday observed by Christians and non-Christians alike, devoid of Christian elements and marked by an increasingly elaborate exchange of gifts. So we, we, just, we just found out that in, it was 300 years after Christ before the Roman church kept Christmas. And not until the 15th century, so look at this, 300 years after Christ, but not until the 15th century, listen to this, that it was mandated to be kept throughout the empire as an official festival honoring Christ. So listen to this, for 300 years, they said, hey, you know what, let's do this, let's make it special, because we got this conflict, we got people that are believing in this Christ, we also got people that you know, winter solstice, how do we merge it? 
But 300 years after Christ, they said, we're going to create this. This will be a celebration. We'll call it Misa de Cristo. Right? Christmas, right? But it took 1,200 years, 15th century. It took 1,200 years before it took off and people accepted it. That's a, that's a long time. This is just, again, historical knowledge here that we're, that we're reading, amen? So if we turn to Mark 15, 9... But Pilate answered them saying, will ye that I release you to the king of the Jews? I think that's the, I think I might have given you the wrong one, brother. Do seven, nine, I'm sorry. And he said unto them, full well ye reject the man of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. So this was Jesus telling Pilate, who was going to either free him, Or send him to be crucified. And Jesus calls out something here at this moment, which is what? Traditions. And look how he says it here. And he said unto him, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. See, there was a tradition that needed to happen that day that Jesus was being crucified. There was going to be somebody forgiven, somebody to death. The people's choice. And God knew of this tradition. And the thing that happens with tradition is that we sometimes don't look at the depth of how evil it could be. And we see this moment where our God was nailed to a cross because of it. And again, it's, 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 so, it's so innocent. This is innocent, and, you know, until you keep on peeling layers and then you see. So, so we, we see here that 300 years passed, it becomes identified in the Roman. Not even it's the Roman church is being built, but yet 1,200 years passed, and now it's being mandated. It's ordered that this is to be a celebration for Christ. Amen. And we see here, we start to read. Let's see here, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Luke 2, 2 8. It says, and there were the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So this is the very beginning, right? This is going to talk about the birth of Jesus. We've read this before, right? It's this beautiful, right? The three wise men come and everything. But right here, it gives you something that's so core. And, and, and a lot of y'all know this. This could be boring for a lot of y'all. But some of y'all just kind of need a refresher. And not only that, sometimes your kids, you know, they thought they knew it just because you, you didn't do it. But they didn't really know it. So let's, let's kind of really go back to really understanding it and not just, again, accepting it until you're not here anymore. And then you're doing it again. Because if the truth has set you free, then you're free indeed. Amen? So we see here in the Bible, it's talking about that shepherds were out and about tending to their flock. And this is what's really interesting and, 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 and factual. And if you talk to anybody, uh, you know, any, uh, anybody from Israel, and 
Jewish would tell you that, you know, okay, this is kind of odd for shepherds to be out if you're saying December 25th was when Jesus was born. And we're going to read a little bit here. So we read here. So it says they were abiding in the field, but just write these down and you can go back to them. I didn't give them to Brother Anthony. So this could have never happened in December because in Ezra 10, 9 through 13, and in the Song of Solomon 2, 11, show that winter, which is December 25th, was a rainy season and shepherds could not stay on cold open fields at night or they would die. So, you know, this is where you start to kind of question, okay, when was this, when could this happen? And a lot of people, a lot of, re- a lot of research people, you know, again, it's just not a, it's not a date that you just Google and say, well, you know, when was Jesus born? If you did that, I mean, it's going to, it's going to, December 25th, so it might not even do that, but this is just the date that they picked, again, based off of Roman traditions, the winter solstice, but we see here that they picked a day that it couldn't have been based off of what the Bible's explaining that was happening with the shepherds, with the wise men traveling. This was grueling. This was cold. This is a tough time to travel during this time. And nor you would find shepherds out there. They're saying that it would have been more before, in October. Some scholars say, still no definite date. So why would we pick a day and say a day? Has anybody ever come up to you in Monte Carlos and said, happy birthday, and it's not even your birthday that day? Be weird, wouldn't it? Hey, happy birthday. Unless you're at Chili's and they bring you a free cake, then you're like, hey, happy birthday to me, huh? But yet, we've accepted a tradition that's based off of a lie. It's from the fact of the date. Amen. So we see here that December 25th, again, could not have represented even just what Luke 2 8, we just read in Luke 2 8. Amen. So from 16, now we're moving forward. Remember, we talked about the 15th century, but now we're going to 1659. Okay. We're here now in the U.S. Amen. You guys made it to the U.S. of A. USA. USA. 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was outlawed in Boston. And lawbreakers were fined five shillings. Why would it have been outlawed? Because see, why do we come to America? Some of us don't know the history of America, so we're going to, some of y'all are in trouble. I don't know, though. Why did we come to America? You know, we came to America because we were oppressed, right? No tax, what? Anybody remember that? What? Without representation? There you go. You can say it, Kat. Help, help some of these people out. The Boston Tea Party, you guys remember all, a lot of these things? So there, there was oppression happening by the king of England. And so we left, the pilgrims left, and when they left... They also left customs behind that they didn't agree with, these Puritans. And one of them was in this belief. They knew it was a pagan belief. So they didn't even support it nor celebrate it when they were here, when our country was being founded. 
it shows there's dates here that senators were in session on Christmas Day. There was a fight that they were fighting against this powerful spirit. We can call it the spirit of Christmas. And so between those dates, if you were caught on the street celebrating it, they would fine you. They would probably take you to jail if you couldn't pay the fine. Christmas was declared a federal holiday in the United States on June 26, 1870. 1681, you were fined between that time, and 1870, it became finally a federal holiday. All those years, our federal government was working until 1870. Some years ago, a priest in New Jersey told his Sunday school class that Santa was a myth. Wow. You guys ever made that mistake before? You're around somewhere and, you know, you let that one out of the bag? Well, this priest tells his class this. The outrage from the parents and his supervisors was swift. He had killed Santa. Hopefully, a lot of parents don't have to explain this to their kids after what I just said. He had destroyed family tradition, is what they said. He had unsurped family authority. The article continued. He was officially censored by his superiors for being overzealous and insensitive. His crime? He had told the truth. Could you imagine that? Being punished for telling the truth. But that's the way they saw it because it was that big of a deal. It was like, seriously? I mean, if you were to public schools, I don't know. According to Lager's Encyclopedia of World History, article Santa, Santa was a common name for Nimrod. We're going to study a little bit about who Nimrod is now. Throughout Asia Minor. This was also the same fire god. Listen how this starts to kind of connect. Who came down the chimneys. What? Nimrod, Santa, the same God used to come down the chimneys. Of ancient pagans and the same fire God to whom infants, ooh, listen to this, Nimrod, infants were burned and eaten for human sacrifice among those who were once God's people. People used to do this to God's people because they wanted to worship Nimrod, the God that would come down the chimneys. Parents, you can explain to your kids, there's no power in Nimrod. It's even even real. You've got protection with Jesus. In your homes. You got parents that are vigilant. That's why you pray at night. Keep away traditions. Today, I had to give that 
had to say that because I saw some kids. Today, Santa Claus comes from St. Nicholas. Oh, good old St. Nick. Everybody know St. Nick? Yes. Washington Irvin in 1809 is responsible for remaking the original Old Stern. Bishop of the same name, the new Jolly St. Nick. Most of the rest of America's Christmas traditions are even more recent than this. Old Nick has long been recognized as the term for the devil. That's pretty interesting, too. Old Nick is a term that goes back for the devil. Before everybody recognized him as St. Nick... It was old Nick was a term that people would use for the devil. Old Nick. And again, some of these terms, some of these things that we see, so easily adopted, it was so creatively placed, we could say, amen? So, now we get into what I think is the most beautiful thing about Christmas. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's so beautiful. The Christmas tree. Isn't it beautiful? When you walk in the stores and you see all these ornaments and sometimes they're things that you like and like, oh, they made an ornament of that. So beautiful. Do you know the history of the Christmas tree? Or do you just think it's beautiful? See, some of you, some of you look at me all crazy when I say that. Like you never said, oh, look at that. But you know what? It doesn't mean it's right. Let's look at the history of it. Let's look at where it derived from, amen? So, the modern Christmas tree originated in Germany. Again, didn't we talk about Germany earlier? But the Germans got it from the Romans, who got it from the Babylonians and the Egyptians. So, look at this, remember? Germany got it from the Romans, Romans got it from the Babylonians, who got it from also the Egyptians. This is all before the Egyptians and Babylonians were before Jesus on this. I'm going to start finding out. So the following demonstrates what the Babylonians believed about the origin of the Christmas tree. An old Babylonian fable told of an evergreen tree which sprung out of a dead tree stump. There was a dead tree stump and an evergreen tree, which is the Christmas tree, came out of it, okay? The old stump, the old stump that it came out of symbolized that Nimrod, remember him? Said a little while ago, had come to life again in Tammuz. Among the Druids, the oak was sacred, Among the Egyptians, it was the palm, and in Rome, it was the fir, which was decorated with red berries during the Saturnalia, the winter solstice, is where the decorating of this tree. Now, we could say, like, man, you know, this is is all new and current, right? But let's go to Jeremiah 10.2. Is Jeremiah before the birth of Jesus? Anybody? Yeah, right? You know your books in the Bible? Some of us, the kids? Yes. 
Jeremiah, if we can go there, brother. The Jeremiah I gave you. I don't know if I gave it to you. Did I give it to you? 10-2. Jeremiah 10-2. Your brother puts it up there. If not, we will get it. Amen. Jeremiah 10-2 reads. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of who? Wow, that's pretty strong words, ain't it? If I would have started this message saying, um, I want to talk to the heathens. You guys would have got mad at me, but man, look at Jeremiah. Had, had, he had some bravo, didn't he? He had some, but look at here. The, thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven for the heathen are dismayed at them. Next verse. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, they deck it with silver and with gold, they fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is in them to do good. But we see here the Lord speaking to through Jeremiah, about customs that were before even the birth of Christ. There's many more customs. You'll start to see about the reef and how they hung it on the doors so people would actually bring it during the cold winter to bring fairies, fairies, you know, Tinkerbell, for protection, to pay off, protection for keeping them out of the cold. You just start to see a lot of craziness, amen? And, and, and God's not here to steal your Christmas. I'm sorry. He's here to set you free with the truth. You see, God's never going to take anything away that he's not going to replace with something better. And the truth is always going to be better. I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown kid from a family that once I begin to understand what was going on, and I remember when we received a message like this and we start to understand what Christmas really was and the power it has. Do you know that highest time of year, Sister Victoria could probably talk about it. She's a, Sister Victoria probably has stories how, how horrible it is. You start to see people... You know, highest part of year of the stealing. More people steal during this time because they can't get it for their family, so they'll get it because they don't want to look bad. Highest time of suicide. Look it up. The highest rate is right now because some people don't have families to celebrate. You believe that all this is honoring God? That God is honored because of this? 
this is important for us to, to really dig deeper. Why we wanted to do this and talk a little bit about this is because we have power, brothers and sisters. We have power, first of all, for ourselves. Let's first accept this for ourselves and understanding it. Because like I started at the beginning saying how innocent and how, you know, it could be represented that way. We can think of, ah, you know, why do I need to? But we have power for ourselves to save ourselves from falling deeper into customs. So, you know, the question could be asked, what do we do? What do we do? What's the, what's the solution? Amen. You know, I'll just tell you this, education. Anything that you do, don't just do it because others are doing it. Really? You don't celebrate Christmas because, oh, other brothers aren't celebrating Christmas, so I'm not going to celebrate Christmas. It's kind of weak. Get in it. And that's with anything. Ask questions. God will give you the answers. You'll see common stuff. Look how... Look how simple this is. Some of this stuff is in the world has it as secular. When the world says it's secular, that's pretty bad. That's usually a term that you want. You think that Christian people are saying that's secular, but the world is saying it's secular. This tradition. As a church, this is where we start to uh, we start to understand that. See, see, a lot of us we're struggling. We're struggling. We're not struggling because of Christmas. You're not struggling because of Christmas, but we're struggling because we we, we don't have understanding, and and, and it's simple. This is simple. This is just, you know, I want to know more. You know, the expectation is that you dig more into it because you're going to uncover stuff. I'm not trying to hide anything from you. I'm not afraid that you're going to do more research to find out. You'll find out more things. But what do we do? We desire the truth. We need to pass on this truth. I tell a story one time. I was in the store, and I'm not going to say who I was with because I'll offend my either nephew or niece or somebody. In the store, right? And we're walking up to pay, and I, I wanted to do something nice. You know, I told my wife, I said, you know what? You know, now now all my nephews and nieces are going to feel all sentido because they're like, he never did that with me when I was growing up. I'm going to say this. So I grabbed one of my you know, nephews or nieces, and I took him to the store, and I said, I'm going to buy him, just buy him something. Just do something nice for him, just to show him that I love him, right? I don't know if my wife even remembers this, but we, you know, we, we get one of them, and we take him to the store, and, and, and we're coming up to the store, and we got a little toy, and we put it up there, and, and, and the lady's like, oh, are you excited about Christmas? And he looks, she looks, I thought I was going to tell you. And they go, we don't believe in Christmas. And I got my money out to pay for that. Right? And the lady goes, oh, okay. And I'm like, just take my money, please. Keep the change. I don't care. There's a better way. There's a better way of interacting. There's a better way of introducing. 
Some of y'all can't believe the lie that's out there that people won't even question. It's a lie that's just, it has consumed the world. And we as a church have a responsibility to arm ourselves first in understanding. So we don't find ourselves one day saying, oh, you don't recognize me? You don't remember me? You don't remember me? You should go to your church. Was that your church? And we're going to find ourselves sometimes because we haven't absorbed this, we haven't accepted this, or, or wanted to understand it. Just don't do it just because everybody's doing it. Do it because God has freed you. And you'll see that everything you touch, every word you say, will have an impact. God will give you wisdom. God will give you things that you can retain, things that you never thought you could because you've searched the truth. I look forward to these, this next generation of young people and kids. I, I can already hear, you know, there's parents that are going to come and say, oh, my kids, they, got, they went on it and they, they got more information. Did you know this? Find it for yourself. Share it. Here. We've got a lot of beautiful things, brothers and sisters, that God has freed us from. We are blessed. I don't feel like I've been robbed anything. My parents were awesome on how they handled it with me. I used to go after, after Christmas and got more stuff. They never made me go to school without something. I went to school with stuff all year. Ho, ho, ho. But one thing I went with was a truth. God freed my parents. I, I don't think it was easy. I think, it, I think it was better for them than it was for us. My mom smiles. I remember my dad, you know, he asking us, hey, you guys okay? Because it's hard. But I'm so glad that now we've passed on to our kids and and I got to share some things tonight, and you guys will be able to do that also. And I pray that you guys do it more and more. Amen? So what do we do? Amen? Romans 8, 7. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So we got to get out of our mind that this is innocent, because our mind is enemy towards God because we overthink things and we just simplify things and we think, oh, it's so innocent. Well, you know what? It's not going to hurt for him to take a picture, his first picture on old Nimrod. Right? I, I, I thought Nimrod was like tonto. I thought I've heard somebody say, you're a Nimrod. You'd be devil, huh? I guess so when I've heard that before. Ah, oh, it's not going to be so innocent. You know, this is his first time Go take him and take a picture. Ooh, what if, you know, you take the picture, you get the thing, and it's Satanás right there. Holding your, holding your baby, grandbaby, whatever it is. The beautiful thing about it is, is that, you know, I, 
I, I, you shouldn't feel guilty if this is something that you you did in the past, or and you shouldn't want out there and unless I want to pick a fight. Oh, my family this weekend. <clears throat> Why? Is that the way God knocked you out, or do you do it mercifully? And I'm grateful to God that He had mercy on my family. Nothing bad happened, but we have an opportunity to educate the word of God because the mind is an enemy sometimes we're just so captivated and lost in it Deuteronomy 6.1 now these are the commandments the statues and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it Seven, or seven. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Verse 20. And when thy son asked thee in the time to come saying, what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? 21. Then shalt thou say to the son, we were, we were, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. We were slaves. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Verse 25. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. seems so innocent brothers and sisters until we find ourselves back enslaved from what God had taken us from I'm grateful for God for this time of year when I look around and I see I see danger for people not questioning or wanting to know and it's just a tradition Isaiah 58 1, amen. I'm going to ask the musicians to pass on up. Cry out loud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. This is a strong cry from Isaiah. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? We see here Isaiah. We see his desire to to reach masses. How many of us have been able to do that in explaining things? And like I said, it takes it's patience, brothers and sisters. Take patience with this. Some people aren't ready for it. But make sure you're ready for it. 
some people may question you and you'll just be like, make sure you have it in your heart, amen? Why don't we pray, brothers and sisters, and ask God to reveal himself after this more and more with wisdom. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. We're grateful to your your name, Lord, your wisdom that you've given us, Jesus. We're grateful for just the truth that we've seeked, Lord, and the freedom that you've given us, Lord. I'm grateful for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that came here with an open mind and an open heart, Lord, to receive of you, Lord Jesus, because we know that we cannot receive of you, Father, if we're holding on to Egypt. I'm asking, Lord, that you just bless my brothers and sisters, Lord, with the confidence, Lord, to know that you revealed these things and there's many more things that you're going to reveal, Father. There's many more things that will be revealed to us, Jesus. There's many more things that you'll take from us, Jesus. But in these things that you take from us, Father, you're going to leave behind things, Jesus. Promises, Father. Security, the safety, Lord. The peace. Grateful to you, Lord Jesus, for your peace, Father. I'm asking, Lord, that your peace right now just enter our hearts, Lord, that we can feel you, Jesus, that we can just accept you, Lord, for your word, Jesus. I'm thankful, Lord, that it's so obvious, Lord, that you even put it in public records. I ask that you just bless my brothers and sisters, Lord. We believe, Lord, that you were born and you rose on a cross, Lord, and then you died and rose again. We don't take away from any of this, Lord. We believe in you, Jesus. But we truly know, Lord, what you wanted from us, which is for us to accept you in our hearts. I'm asking you, Father, just to come into our hearts tonight that we can just accept this peace and knowledge of who you are, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your freedom. I ask that you bless my brothers and sisters this week. I ask that you bless the kids, Lord, and the young people. That they have a desire, Lord, to always search for you, Father. And not just believe everything, but question everything, Lord, and search you, Father. We have a responsibility to our young people and children, Lord, to guide them, Lord, in the truth. Bless the parents that are taking that responsibility and going on with it, Lord. Bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Father. They may see you and experience you, Jesus. We ask that you protect us on the way home, Lord, and you bless us this week, Father, that we can come here on Friday ready to pray, Lord, and ready to receive the victories from you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Amen. I think a good song that's fitting for that is... Uh, me apasionas, men.